Have e'er you seen the pixies, the fold not blessed or banned? They walk upon the waters, they sail upon the land, they make the green grass greener, where'er their footsteps fall. The wildest hind in the forest comes at their call. They steal from bolted linnies, they milk the key at grass. The maids are kissed a-milking, and no one hears them pass. They flit from byre to stable, and ride on broken foals. They seek out human lovers to win them souls. The pixies know no sorrow, the pixies feel no fear. They take no care for harvest or seed time of the year. Age lays no finger on them, the reaper time goes by. The pixies, they who change not, nor grow old or die. The pixies, though they love us, behold us pass away, and are not sad for flowers they gathered yesterday. Today has crimson foxglove, if purple hose and hose withered last night, tomorrow will have its rose. Cultures worldwide have a couple of features that are really similar. We've touched on a few of them, but one of the biggest ones is the idea of little people. So uh, the Wampanoag tribe in America had the Pukwaji. In Indonesia, they had the Ebugogo. Almost every culture has some stories of tiny people that they live alongside. Britain's not any different at all. And in fact, we have a bunch well, the trouble is, Neil, to most, I'm sure you find that most people are tiny people. That might have somewhat skewed your perspective. Perhaps. Um, luckily, I've not seen any of these tiny creatures, so I'm going <laughs> on other people's words, most Good. of whom I trust are smaller than I am. Good. So one of the creatures that still carries a certain amount of cultural weight is the pixie. What do you know about pixies, Josh? Tell me anything. Uh, they are like little fairies. They're a lot like fairies, although they would not appreciate you saying that. We'll get to that later. Oh, God, okay. I've already... All right. Um, they are often... I want to say mischievous. Yeah? Um, what else? Uh, uh, Goblin-esque? Well, once again, not something you'd want to say to them. Let's no, go with something being... simple. Where All do you right. think the word pixie comes from? I have no idea. That's unfortunate. Luckily, mm. I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is convenient, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, good. So pixies are also known as piskies or pigsies. Um, and the origin of the word is a little bit muddled, mm -hmm. but I've got some ideas. One of the problems we've had is that Victorian folklorists made a bunch of stuff up. Okay, yeah, all right. In Back in the day, you could just say a thing, and if it seemed plausible, people would believe you. 
Sure. Sure. Okay. That's in, that, that could probably cover a lot, really. It's a huge problem in almost every discipline. Right. From science to history is that Victorians just wrote things down. <laughs> with a lot of confidence that was not deserved. Sure. So this is sort of before the days, or at least before the sort of cementing of scientific rigour. Well, also, the problem was that no one knew. Right. And no one knew that you didn't know. So you could just say things. So one of the theories is that the word shares a root with the word picked. Oh, right. And that the legend started with a tribe of indigenous Picts that used woad to paint themselves blue. Uh Uh-huh, okay. Can you see any problems with that? Uh, They're not tiny. That's one of them. Also, Picts were in Scotland. Yep. And pixie myths started in Cornwall and Devon. We do have a bit of an issue there, unless we have some very lost Picts. Also the fact that Romans called them Picts. They called themselves Fichti. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, f- there's a few holes in that. Yes. So it seems more likely that the word shares a root with the Swedish word, and I'm going to say this wrong, mm-hmm. Piske, which means little fairy. I'm seeing a connection there. But that also has the problem. Sweden is a long way away from Cornwall. Yeah, well, yeah we've, we've made that problem worse. But those are the sort of two main ideas. I don't know if either of them are correct. Uh-huh. It could also just be what pixies call themselves. Who knows? Sure. So, pixies. They're little people. Mm-hmm. Very similar to fairies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found a poem that goes, Piskies are small, they say. No more than a mouse are they, yet three feet tall. <laughs> that sort of makes one point. Yeah, but not very well. (laughs) Because mice, a three-foot-tall mouse, is terrifying. (laughs) But that sort of typifies the descriptions of pixies, which is, well, they're little, but how little? It -hmm. varied between literally the size of your thumb and three-foot-tall, which is short, but... Considerably bigger, yeah. People are that big sometimes. Um, they have pointed ears mm-hmm. and eyes that angle upwards towards their temples. Okay, yeah. They often have unusual skin colours, such as blue or green, although sometimes they're just uh, a sort of deep nut brown. Sometimes they wear simple green clothing and pointy hats, although they're also perfectly happy naked. Good for them. So, the pixies in Devon and Cornwall inhabit stone circles and old barrows on the moors of southern England, where they live happy and carefree lives. They can't die, and they don't age. So they spend their days sort of doing whatever they like. So they play games, they sing songs, they dance, and they play pranks. And that is where you'll find most of the stories regarding pixies. The problem that pixies have is that while they can't die and don't age, we don't have that same situation. And their pranks don't account for that. Not always. Okay. Dartmoor is 
probably got the highest concentration of pixies in England, and everyone in the area knew to take precautions when they saw a pixie's hand handwork. One common sign was tangles in the mane of a horse or pony. Okay. And they were often called pixie locks. And this was seen as evidence that a pixie had taken the horse out in the night, twisting their mane to spur them on. Right. So now you've got your horse back, but it's been there's been joyriders. It's exactly like joyriding, yeah. but also it would mean that your horse was probably exhausted. Yeah, sure. Another common prank was to lead wanderers astray. They would disguise themselves as fellow travellers in order to give deliberately bad directions. <laughs> Which is just mean. That is. Like, sometimes you get stories of people walking hours or even days out of their way. So, and this implies then that they have, um, yeah, quite quite advanced shape-changing capabilities. They're magic. They can do yeah. a lot of magic. Right. And the boundaries of that magic isn't... isn't um, Not very well established, no. Sure. Being led astray by pixies was known as being pixie-led. Ah, I like that. Which led to the use of the word pixelated to mean confused or drunk. Huh. This has now been completely eclipsed by the unrelated word pixelated, which means where you can see the pixels. Yeah. But refers to a kind of blurry vision. You could you could sort of make a connection, but I know that they come if, from different places, yeah. If you were a Victorian folklorist, I'm sure you would. And very confidently so. Indeed. Um but pixel comes from picture element and pixelated comes from pixie led if you thought that maybe you were being led astray by a pixie what would you do turn around that's one idea <laughs> but how about turn your coat inside out uh, okay that didn't come to me straight away uh, why am I doing that well now you won't be led astray by pixies it'll banish their magic oh I see Oh, so this is a precautionary? No, not precautionary. If you're walking along and you suddenly go, hmm, I don't know if I'm going the right way. Turn my coat inside out. Now I'll be okay. And you're fine. So people traveling through or from Dartmoor, it wouldn't be an unusual sight if they arrived at their destination with their coat inside out. I imagine not, no. Ah. One particularly egregious example of pixie leading occurred near the town of Ottery in Devon. When the local church was first being built, the bishop commissioned a set of bells from Wales, which were to be escorted by monks for the entire journey. Now, back in the day, bells were phenomenally expensive. If you think about the amount of metal in a church bell, mm. it's a real investment for a town. Yeah. Um, so the local pixies were very, very worried because they feared that the ringing of the bells would banish them from the land. So they cast a spell that would lead the monks astray. Now, you're a pixie. Where are you going to lead these monks? Uh, out to sea. You're pretty close, yep. They, okay. they lured the bells procession off the edge of a cliff near Sidmouth. Oh, wow. Luckily, just as they got to the edge of the cliff, one of the monks stubbed his toe on a rock and said, God bless my soul, which broke the spell. Uh -huh. So that 
they're not afraid to kill someone because no. that doesn't come in it doesn't come up in their thinking right sure to them it's just a prank and we'll we'll be fine yeah. unfortunately we might not yeah and this was the the fear of pixies wasn't that they were malicious but that they might i mean accidentally is the wrong word but negligently harm you yes yeah so and so it sounds like they've got a um that it's through holy items or um otherwise uh prayers that you could protect yourself from pixies a lot of later so myths sort of conflate magic with the devil sure the okay. devil was the root of all magic so by invoking god you could undo magic and this is something we've seen several times already for example with the fin men um mm -hmm. is the idea of either a cross or the name of god could just banish the magic completely right so the king and queen of the pixies are jack of the lantern and joan the wad joan the wad the wad a wad was an archaic word for a torch. Ah, okay. Now, you might have heard of jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, I have. What? What's that? A uh, pumpkin. Yes, but <laughs> the, the idea of a lit-up pumpkin, or turnip, as it originally was, or even a beet, mm -hmm. was the idea of... You, you were trying to imitate jack-o'-lantern, right. which was a ball of light that floated over the moors. So oh, you had okay. these two different types of light. You had Jack-O-Lantern or Joan the Wad. And unless provoked, Joan the Wad would lead travellers to safety, while her husband would lead them astray. Right. And some people um, in Cornwall used to carry a charm shaped like Joan in order to ensure that she would help them. And what was that shape? It was of her. It was shaped like her. Oh, right. So she would have a sort of a humanoid, a, a, a pixie-esque form, not just like a ball of light. Exactly. Well, yeah, she was a pixie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, this is where we come into what you were talking about earlier. The king and queen of the pixies led their people to war against the fairies. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, they wouldn't like that comparison at all then. No. So it used to be that you found pixies in Devon and Cornwall and fairies further to the east. Mm -hmm. And there was a time when the fairies who lived in Somerset wanted to cross the border and enter Devon to settle and extend their territory. Unfortunately, the Devonian pixies, who already lived there, refused them entry. So a war began between the pixies and the fairies, and it raged across the landscape. The final battle was fought on the Somerset side of the Blackdown Hills, a range of steep valleys and ridges that straddle the Devon-Somerset border. And it was well known to be full of pixies and ghosts. And it was said that the exact point is at the village of Buckland-St. Mary, near to the modern A303. A uh -huh. And during this final confrontation, the fairies were defeated and driven away back to, Dors uh, back to Somerset. And some even further away, they fled all the way to Ireland, and they would never return to Devon or try and conquer those lands again. That's amazing. 
one more recent telling of the story suggests that the king of the fairies was Oberon, who you might recognize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a that's a Shakespeare character. It, it is indeed, and that it was during this battle, and I quote. His Majesty received a wound in the leg which proved incurable. None of the herbs in his dominions have hitherto had the least beneficial effects, though his principal secretary and attendant, Puck, have been in search of a one, has been in search of one of a healing nature ever since. Now the character Puck mm-hmm. may well share a root with the pixie. Puxy, pixie. Right, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Now, where do you think that the myths of pixies might have come from? Um, as in, as in, uh, geographically, where? No, I mean... Where the idea, just where... Exactly. Uh, I would, I would have guessed, just, just as, as with a lot of these things, just sort of unexpec- unexplained uh, happenings that, that demanded an explanation that felt like there was uh, an otherworldly hand in it. Um, it's just strange that we have such specific features. We've got those pointed ears, mm. the eyes angled up towards the edge, mm-hmm. the the smiling mouth, the little impish nose. That's strange. Yeah. And there's a theory that this all comes from uh, a genetic disorder called Williams syndrome. Okay. Which is a developmental disorder that affects a whole bunch of parts of the body, and it's characterised by moderate learning problems and distinct facial features so you get children with a broad forehead a short nose full cheeks and a wide mouth right um they often have small teeth and a pointed chin so that sounds a lot like what you'd think of as a pixie yeah absolutely and then they have typically have problems with visual spatial tasks such as drawing or puzzles but they do very well on tasks that involve spoken language or music and that's interesting as well yeah because the pixies are always singing and dancing yeah so that's just an interesting sort of idea that mm. that could be where this whole story comes from absolutely and at least gives some uh, you know if, if you're seeing this in children so it would make sense that you you they are depicted as short as three foot and then after that perhaps then uh, you get the even smaller ones. Well, um, unfortunately, uh, people with Williams syndrome often don't necessarily survive that long. No, sure. Because they have severe heart problems, um, as well as problems with the joints and connective tissue. Right. So I, th- I think, especially back in the day when there was no medical care, it could be that you just didn't last that long. Sure, sure. So, Josh. Mm hmm. To what degree do you think you're at risk of pixies? Well, this happened to us, uh, which is to say... What did? Being pixie-led, which is a term that I'm probably going to use now whenever I'm a bit late and I want to be charming. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, When we we went uh, cycling, and we were cycling along a river, and there was a little old lady by the river who overheard us discussing whether we were going to go left or right in order to get back home we said we were going to go left and she interrupted us we thought in a friendly and helpful manner to tell us we were wrong and we ended up cycling for about two hours in the wrong direction and then we came back that way 
and she was gone. That sounds an awful lot like a pixie. I'm. I mean, you know, I didn't didn't make that connection before, but heck, I was pixie led. Well, there you go. <laughs> Add to that the fact that Wales is quite close to Cornwall. It and is, Devil, yeah, Devon. Yeah. So I think that you could be under serious threat. I think so. I think so. Next time you encounter a pixie, what do you do? Turn my coat inside out. First thing. Oh, man. I, from now on, when I go out. I, I don't know if it works if you wear your coat inside out the whole time. Because <laughs> I think that just makes inside out... That your new coat. <laughs> yeah. You now just have a dumb coat. Josh, thank you very much for this conversation. It's been lovely. No, thank you. Thank you. If any of the listeners want to leave us a review or get in touch to um, suggest any ideas, that'd be really good. You can review us on iTunes or SoundCloud, or you can email us at britishbestuary at gmail.com, or you can get us on Facebook at British Bestuary Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Josh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in a couple of weeks. I've been Neil Whitehead. I've been Josh Ogle. And this has been a British Bestuary. Bestuary.